You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. So we're looking at our Advent series. Today's number four, and it's on the power of love. I just thought, man, there's no better way than to celebrate Christmas than focusing on the inbreaking of the kingdom of God at Christmas time. Because that's exactly what happened. When God became flesh, when Jesus was born, when Jesus was conceived, everything that led up to that glorious incarnation of the Christ was all setting us up for the inbreaking of God's kingdom. No longer has the earth who's been under the dominion of darkness remaining under darkness. A light has shone in the midst of all the darkness of the world. And it was the Lord Jesus. And he comes as a baby and he comes to us and it's, it's so wonderful. So we're looking at the power of love today. The power of love. The power of love comes from the very origin of love itself. In 1 John 4, 8, it says, whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. So you'll find that all things that have to pertain to love is really about the origin of love, which is about God. Even among unbelievers, folks that haven't come into an experiential relationship that's personal with the Lord Jesus, when they love, there is something of the image of God inside of them that's being released and they're having an expression of God in that moment. Hmm. That's why everybody likes Christmas. They like Christmas because it's a time for love to get manifest. I don't know if you've ever had the joy of having a romance during Christmas. But I don't think there's anything quite like having a romance during Christmas. Except for if, if you break up. You know, that, that, if, the, oh, if the romance ends at Christmas season, I mean, that is the bummer of all bummers, you know. But if, if, if you're in a relationship and it's increasing and it's growing, and as you come into the Christmas season, there's a, almost something magical because God is love. And there's an incredible connection with the, with the author of love, the one who is love, and that expression between his creatures masculine and feminine, as they express that love in, in various expressions from giving gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation, uh, physical touch, quality time. All those expressions of love mean so much because they find their origin in God. <clears throat> so we see the power of love. And when we behold love, it does something to us. When, when, when you see someone that's loving another, it does something. I'm sitting in my lazy boy, rocky chair right there. And here comes Chris and Krista. And they're in the kitchen. And she's doing something. And he comes up. And, and all of a sudden, there's an embrace. And it does something. 
Every time you see a manifestation of love in the earth, you see it with your eyes, it gives you an opportunity to give thanks to God for the, the miracle of being able to love. Because we don't have that in and of ourselves. We love because he first loved. And because he first loved, we can love. And as we get to know him, we, we understand that the manifestation of love increases. <laughs> I'm so far away from my notes, but that's okay. Because <laughs> I really want to see love increase. I want to see love increase. You know, there was, a, there was a servant of the Lord who had one of those death experiences, and he was before the Lord. And as he stood before the Lord, the Lord had one question, and he asked him, how well did you love? It wasn't how well did he prophesy. It wasn't how well did he take care of the poor. It wasn't how well did he do all the different religious things that are good. But what he was confronted with was how well do you love? How well did you love when you were down earth? And the Lord sent him back to the earth. And he lived for many, many years. And he focused the remainder of his life on loving well. I, I think it's time for us to get a, a wake-up call and to realize it's time to love well. God is love. And then we find, and I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. You've got it memorized in the King James and a lot of different translations. But this is John 3, 16 and 17. For this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but to be its savior and to rescue it. Wow. That's the message of love that we, we need to be communicating to the world. Because just as the Father has so loved the world, and as Jesus has come to represent the Father and to show us the Father's love, and as we connect with Jesus and the love of Jesus we receive, we find that we get to participate in the community of love of the Godhead. This is what happens in Jesus' prayer in John 17. He's saying, Father, that I've revealed to them your word so that they can know you. And that's eternal life. And so the love that the Father has for the Son and the love that the Son has for the Father is the very love that they have for us. They've included us. So much so that they, they don't want us to just have an experience where love comes by and just kind of glances and, and grazes us and just barely touches us. But the one who is loved is, wants to live inside of us Amen. and for us to live inside of him. Mm. So there's a total permeation of love that's in the heart of the Father for each one of us. He wants us to know who he is. And the only way he can do that is by manifesting his love. I love it. <laughs> little play on words there. Yeah, I, I just love his love. I love how he loves me. Yeah. Because the more he loves me, the more I can love him. All right. 
I just want to remind you, a lot of times we focus on our love for him as Peter did when the night Jesus was betrayed. As the Lord was getting serious and preparing to go to the cross and he was talking to them, Peter was there, Lord, I love you more than all of these. And then he takes a sword and he says, I'll die for you. And there is Peter in all his self-generated confidence and his ability to be a devoted lover of Jesus. In contrast to the disciple John, who lays his head on Jesus' chest as they're reclining at the supper, and John's boast through his gospel and through all his letters is that he's the disciple whom Jesus loved. The thing that blew John away was that Jesus loved him. He knew that the Lord loved him. And that's what he talked about, that the Lord loved us, that the Lord loves us, that the Lord loves me. <laughs> and so we see that when, we, when our confidence is, is in, put in our ability to love the Lord, we find that as that takes place, well, Peter's, well, at least he went to the trial, warming himself by the fire, denied him three times, and took off and wept. John abided. John continued. Why? Because love abides. And it's not how much love we have that abides, it's how much we're aware that he loves us, that gives us the abiding, the remaining huh, dynamic. So at the cross, there's John with Mary and the ladies. Hmm. The disciple whom Jesus loved. I want us to, to, to personalize that and for us to realize we are the disciples that Jesus loves. Be careful when you want to boast how much you love him but always boast how much he loves you. You can never err in boasting about the love that the Lord has for you because his love for you is infinite. It doesn't matter what's taking place in your life, the circumstances, you may have just had your worst performance day in the kingdom. Your boast is that he still loves you. The farthest that you can ever fall in your spiritual walk is to become a much-loved son or a much-loved daughter of the Lord. That's as low as you can possibly get because you have been born by the Spirit. Well, the Father loves the Son. I better get going here. <clears throat> We see this at the baptism. He says, this is my son whom I love and with him I'm well pleased. We see something very similar at the transfiguration when Peter, James, and John are up on the mountain and Moses and Elijah appear and they see Jesus in all his glory. And a voice once again comes from heaven. The father speaks and he says, this is my son whom I love. With him I'm pleased. Listen to him. That's a good word. Listen to him. When you're praying, don't let it all be about your petition and your list. 
Listen to him. Listen to what he wants to say to you. The thing that I love about love, when Jesus is teaching us about love, is he shows the connection between love and forgiveness. In Luke 7, 42, he says, he, t- he tells the story of these two guys that are in debt. And, and the question that he's at, at the Pharisee's house is he says, okay, who loved more? Neither of them had the money to repay him back, so he canceled both debts. One was a little debt, one was a huge debt. Now, which of them will love more? And he said, the one that had the bigger debt. And he says, yeah, you've answered correctly. Those that are aware that they've been forgiven much, love much. When we have the awareness of all that we've been forgiven, we can't help but be lost in the radical pursuit of loving him because we're so thankful. I had a friend, had a series of churches that he was uh, kind of a father to on the eastern coast. And he said he always loved going to this one church above all the other churches. He said the church was made up of, of drug addicts and prostitutes and all of those that have come out of all sorts of, uh, of just darkness. And they've come into and, and been birthed into the kingdom of the Son that the Lord loves, the kingdom of light. And he says, when I go there, he says, they, there is more joy in that building because they remembered how much they've been forgiven. They realize how great the love of the Father is, the love of the Son, the, the love of the Holy Spirit. And so he goes there and, and there's always rejoicing and celebration because they have been forgiven much. <clears throat> now, some of us that are kind of middle class, Midwestern Bible Belt folks, we come to Jesus, we're making an intellectual ascent, and we're moving just a little bit from here over to here. And we, we know we have a little bit of sin issues and stuff like that. You know, that's the problem with religion it doesn't realize how much it's been forgiven. When you've been taught to obey the golden rule, which is great, not against it, but, but we never understand the dynamic of how much he's forgiven us. Now, here's, here's the great mystery. Someone over here that's got all of these, they bro- they've broken all the Ten Commandments, boom, 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 boom. they're aware that they're a sinner. And when the love of God comes to them and they're forgiven, they're so grateful, they're so thankful. But those that have been keeping the commandments, either because of their upbringing or the culture that they live in or or the place where they're at or the provision that's there, they don't need to steal, they don't need to to covet anybody else because they've got plenty and they go through... Over here, they have just the greatest need for forgiveness. Jesus comes to redefine that all in the, in the Sermon on the Mount when you get to the Beatitudes. And over here, we just look at the behavior, but over here, the Lord's always looking at the heart. And he says, so if we have anger, it's like committing murder. If we have lust, it's like committing adultery. 
And so he, he goes down through all of that stuff. If we get a revelation from this side, then we will be lost in love, realizing how much we've been forgiven. For me, one of the things that I love to just thank the Lord for is he's forgiven me from being such a self-righteous blank. You know, oh my stars. When, when you realize what your self-righteousness really smells like in heaven, what the aroma that that, that it, you know, releases into the atmosphere, it's like, oh, the angels puke when they smell that. <laughs> so we've got much to be thankful for, much forgiveness has been extended. Even for the most religious ones of us. So may we love, may we love deeply. Then there's this whole section of love and obedience that you find in John uh, in the middle of the gospel, chapters 14, 15, 16. You just find all this stuff about love. He says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. I like that. I like that. We'll obey what he commands. Why? Because we love him. There's a difference between obeying because if you don't, you're going to get whacked. <laughs> External constraint. You know, even the dogs know that. If they walk across this boundary, the electric fence will zap them. And they know. And so you can get trained that way. And unfortunately, I got a lot of that kind of training, you know. But there is an obedience that comes out of love that comes out of affection, that you do it because you don't have to do it, but because of love, you choose to do it. You want to do that for him. You want to do that for that person. He says uh, in John 14, 21, he says, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I too will love him and show myself to him. Okay, love Obedience, love is the foundation of our obedience. It should be why we say yes to everything that we say yes to in the kingdom is because of love, the, the profound sense of forgiveness. But as we come into that, look what it says that happens. As we obey him out of love, he reveals himself to us. He shows himself to us. He discloses stuff to us. <laughs> I love it. I just think it's so cool. All this time, you know, the very thing that you want in your pursuit of the kingdom is found in your expression of love and obedience to the Lord Jesus. As we love and obey, he continues to, to orchestrate a path of a greater revelation a greater manifestation of him. Has anybody seen Jesus? Not someone who's behaving like Jesus or not seeing Jesus in someone, but have a manifestation of the Son of God right there in your presence. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Is that wonderful? That's what he wants. He wants to manifest now, I, we hear stories, especially for those in, in, 
in foreign lands where they're anti-Christ and all this kind of stuff. And then they have a revelation of Jesus and Jesus shows up. And just the showing up of Jesus and the encounter that they have, they take all the generations worth of religion of a false God and they change instantly and come into a love relationship with Jesus. And I look at that and I say, that's a great way to do evangelism. I don't think there'd be very many people that say no if Jesus manifested right there. And I think the increase of evangelistic, I was going to say success, but don't misunderstand me. Any time that we have the boldness to engage someone as the Holy Spirit is moving upon us, that's a win. That's, that's a success every time. But I think the fruitfulness of evangelism will continue to express, uh, will, will continue to manifest the more we see the manifestation of Jesus. The more we see him, the more we become him. We become like him. What we behold is what transforms us. And the more we look at his beauty and the more we look at his glorious manifest appearance, and do that by reading the scriptures. Sometimes when you're reading the scripture and you're, you're there and you're reading about what Jesus is doing, you can, you can the, the Holy Spirit will just ignite your imagination and you can see it because you're there. You're right there with the multitude. You're watching him feed with, with the loaves and fishes. You're, you're watching him heal blindness. You're watching him cast out a demonic spirit that has enslaved someone physically, mentally, emotionally. Oh, so good. So good. I will show myself to him. Hmm. You get the love of the Father, you get the love of the Son, and you're invited into a relationship out of that love, dynamic, and obedience, love and obey, of seeing more and more of him manifest. So when I hear people say, well, you know, I just don't see the Lord. He just doesn't meet with me when I'm... I'm thinking, well, when's the last time you obeyed what he told you to do? Oh, boy, there we go. You mean there's accountability? There's things that I'm required? If I want to see this thing manifest and grow and increase in my life? Absolutely. There really is. He's so amazing. He takes the initiative in almost every area. All we have to do is say yes and take a step of faith. And as we take that step, we start to see a revelation of him, a manifestation of him that is incredible. If anyone believes if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come and make our home with him. I don't know about you, but that's, that's huge motivation to love and obey. He's going he's gonna to indwell. He's going to take up residence inside of us, with us. I like that. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. So now remain in my love. So we get to remain in his love. This one's not up there, but it's just too good not to read. I have made you known to them. This is Jesus praying to his Father. And will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Amen. It's, it's becoming Christ-like. 
It's going from one degree of glory to another with an ever-increasing degree of glory. That's his heart for us. That's his love. I love it. So love in the Holy Spirit. Well, we go to Romans 5, and it says, And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by his Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. Wow. The love of God is poured out in us by the Holy Spirit. This is why when you start getting real selective about what you want to believe about the Holy Spirit, you start to become very restraining of what you're going to experience in in regards to the love of God. So don't do that. Stop it. Open completely to the Holy Spirit. He's only going to pour in the love of God. And however that manifests in your life, hallelujah. That's good. Galatians 5.22 is the, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We get the four Sundays of Advent right there. Yeah. Then I couldn't help but look at, at love and separation for those of us that are, are nervous and have anxiety issues and the enemy plays upon those anxiety issues. I don't know what it's like for you, but I was raised up in kind of an anxious denomination, you know, that you could have your salvation, but if you didn't do everything right, you could lose your salvation. And so we're constantly finding out, am I saved? Am I not saved? Am I going to heaven? Am I not going to heaven? Oh, if I did this and Jesus returned, oh, I'd go to hell. And, and just that kind of anxiety. Oh. But here's, here's what he says in Romans 8.35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Not. Goes on in 39, says, Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of, love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from his love. Hmm. We can lose our first love. It can, it can grow faint, but it's never completely gone. Nothing can separate us. The choices we make determine whether the fire increases or decreases. That's why love and obedience is so crucial if we're going to be absolutely free of worry and fear. Because nothing can separate us from his love. Real quick, 1 Corinthians, it's not up there. (laughs) It's a real long one. You can memorize this. Do everything in love. 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Come on. Do everything in love. Okay? Do it all in love. Hallelujah. In Galatians 5, 6, I don't have up there as well, but the the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Let me just take a quick second. Unfortunately, a lot of, of the misapplication of the faith message that we need so desperately in the body of Christ is that our faith is in faith. And a lot of manifestations of when faith is in faith and it's not in the person of the Lord Jesus and it's not rooted and grounded in love, a lot of people can get hurt. 
and the message, can, the message can get twisted. That's why I love this. Faith expressing itself in love. So don't boast that you have faith. Boast in the fact that Jesus loves you. Not that you love him, but that Jesus loves you. And then follow faith as it expresses itself in love. Then love and fullness. Oh gosh, got to get the apostolic prayer of Paul in. I know I'm going long, but you guys want this, don't you? I can see it on your face. You're just sitting on the edge of your seat saying, oh, please don't stop. Give us more of the love. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derive its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that being rooted and established in faith, oh no, in hope, no, no, faith, hope, and in love, being rooted and established in love, you may have power, together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love, how high, how wide, how long, how deep, that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Oh, if, as a pastor, if I could do anything, I would just like to jump up and down on this verse. Because this surpasses knowledge. And in our culture, we think knowledge is, is, is everything. And so we got to have knowledge if we want the fullness of God. No, you have to have love if you want the fullness of God. You can have a, a, an, an IQ of one and still know the love of God. You can be a genius and miss the love of God. Oh, breaks my heart. When we depend more on this than we do this, we got to depend on our heart and his love for us if we're ever going to have the measure of the fullness of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I get excited anytime there's fullness kind of language, the fullness of the measure of the fullness of God, you know, anything about growth and increasing, that gets my juices flowing. That's, that's, where, that's where it is. What is it that's going to cause an increase? What is it that's going to cause maturity? What is it that's going to bring a greater, oh yeah, revelation and knowledge of the Lord? Not just head, but experiential. Well, we find that love increases and overflows. Mm. And it also covers First Thessalonians says, "Make the Lord, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as our love does for you. Oh Lord, let our love increase and overflow. Let it have a tangible manifestation as you became flesh and dwelt among us. Let the love that was in you that caused you to manifest come in us and cause us to manifest you in your kingdom 
your authority and your power. Mm. Amen. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Mm. It always gives us away. A lot of times when we're, when we're walking our Christian walk, we can tell whether we're walking in the path of love or whether we're walking in the path of doing the best we can with what we got. When we're doing the best we can with what we got, we usually compare ourselves and contrast ourselves with other people. But when we're walking in the path of love, there is no comparison. And so we don't get sucked into those kind of traps that the enemy sets to where all of a sudden we're, we're thinking that we're moving out of love and all of a sudden we realize love wouldn't do that that way. Yeah. Let's pray for more love. And then we're going to end with 1 John. You got to have 1 John if we're talking about love. I'm going to just highlight a few verses from chapter 4. Dear friends, let us not love one another. <laughs> yeah. Dear friends, let us love one another. Mm -hmm. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. I love that relationship, that intimacy that comes out of loving. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as atoning sacrifice for our sins. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Yeah. Whenever you have fear coming upon you, in whatever circumstance it is, know that there's an antidote that the Spirit wants to release to you at that moment, straight from heaven to earth, and it's the love of God. And how that love gets manifest could come in a multitude of different ways. But no, every time fear is coming and pursuing and trying to overtake you, know that there is love that the Father has. So I leave you with this from the Apostle Paul. May God's grace be upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Praise the Lord. Yeah. An undying love. Let's just bow our heads before the Lord. Father, as heaven looks down upon us today, you see all the different places that we're at. And you know how your love could make a difference for each one of us where we are. I pray for those that have never known you personally and intimately. They've never known the, the personal affection and the warmth of your love in their hearts. And I ask, Holy Spirit, now in the name of Jesus, that you would pour out the love of God in each and every heart right now. Whether we need an update, 
whether we need a new birth conversion, whether we need to get our our love out of the cold category into the white hot. We ask in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, that you would pour out the love of God among us today. Give us great capacity to love. And out of that love, let it be the foundation of everything that we do. Hmm. And may it be the reason why we take the initiative to pray for another. May it be the reason why we go out on a limb in the marketplace and engage someone. Not because we're trying to get our religious duty done, but because your love has compelled us to share. And so let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.